Welcome to the New Generation Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, we hope today's message fills you with hope and inspiration. NGC is a place where people can come together to grow in their faith, learn from one another, and support each other through life's challenges by living out the Word of God. We believe and share the love of Jesus in everything we do, and we're excited to bring that love to you through our podcast. Let's dive into today's message. We hope you enjoy. Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd, praise God, amen, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and I just want us to read just this one passage of scripture, and then we'll take our seats. It's good to see y'all, y'all look great look great out there. Thank God for everything that has transitioned so far. I want us to turn and draw our attention to verses 17 and 18. 17 and 18. And 2 Chronicles 20. Gave you enough time to turn there. And the Bible reads as follows. You need not fight this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him, worshiping him. For subject today, undefeated, infinity and O. Undefeated, infinity and O. Give your neighbor a fist pound and say, my God is undefeated, as you take your seat this morning. If you were there on the sideline, you would have been very excited as the opposing team was attempting to score the go-ahead touchdown. The score was 8-6. to It was rainy. It was dark. And the opposing cheerleaders were very loud. It was fourth down, and the coach told the team, all we need to do is stop them this one play, and we're champions. Just give me one play, and we've done something that we set to do at the beginning of the year. If you were on the sidelines, you would have had your popcorn anxiously waiting to see what the next play looked like. The quarterback received the ball. He ran the called play, which was a quarterback sweep. And the defense collided on the quarterback with seconds left. They received the possession. They came out, hiked the ball, downed it. Champions. I was privileged to be a part of this team growing up as a young boy 
a team that was undefeated for three years in a row. And we were excited about the opportunity to do something that we had never done as a team, to win three championships and to do it in an undefeated fashion. We were champions. We hosted the trophy and we celebrated and we go down in history before the term three-peat was even invented. We were already doing it at Cottagehill. So why do I share that story with you? Because we understood what it meant to be undefeated from a game perspective. The very next year, new coaching, we experienced something we had never experienced before. Defeat. We lost. We haven't lost in three years. We were devastated. I thank God for that experience because it taught me something about what it really means to be undefeated. Um, today, in our passage of scripture, we're, we're reintroduced to a king by the name of Jehoshaphat. And for the most part, Jehoshaphat is what we would call a good king during that particular time. He did have some some flaws towards the end of his reign, but for the most part, Jehoshaphat was considered a good king. After all, he was the great-great-great-grandson of David. His father Asa was a good king, and he is teaching us something in this passage today. Regardless of what situation or circumstance you may be facing, you need to be reminded that as a born-again believer of Jesus Christ, that you serve a God who has never lost. Uh, somebody asked me one time, what's God's record? And I said, you know what, that's a great question. God's record is infinity and zero. He's never lost a battle. It's never been close. In spite of the opposition and what the opposition would tell you, God is always victorious. In the passage of, of Scripture today, and I want to draw your attention as we read a few points today, and I'm going to give you five because we have the right hand of fellowship today that we're going to extend to our new members. So this message will be right to the point. The, the first thing I want to bring your attention to as I give you these, these five truths about this Scripture, uh, the first thing I want you to make note of is Jehoshaphat, he knew how to consult God about his problems. He knew how to consult God about his problems. Jehoshaphat consulted God with his problems. Notice here in verse 1 through 6, the Bible says, Now it came about after that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with the Midianites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Notice verse 2. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, that's the Dead Sea, out of Aram. And behold, Hazazantan uh, Tamar, that is Angadi, verse 3 says, Jehoshaphat was afraid. Now, notice what's happening here. The enemies of Israel are going to attack them. And he names them, and I, I think it's important that we take time 
to understand who the enemies are here. Okay, uh, as, as we read this scripture, he mentions Moab and he mentions who else? Amon. Okay, he also mentions uh, some translations will will call them um, Edomites. Okay, um, hold your finger there because I want to point these enemies out to you. Go to Genesis chapter 19. Somebody's asking the question, who is Moab? Who is Ammon? And who are these Edomites or Amenunites as they describe here in the Bible? In the book of, of Genesis chapter 19, this is the case of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you remember that Abraham interceded and he was asking God, before you des- destroy it, Lord, are there at least 50 righteous? <laughs> are there 40 righteous? Are they 30? And he got all the way to 10. And, and, and he was really contending for Lot, his nephew, and his family. Because Lot decided to pitch his tent in Sodom. Um, sin, remember, is separation from God. Here's the danger of sin. A sin today will have repercussions for tomorrow. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life. We have to begin to take sin seriously. It separates us from God. Uh, Here we find an egregious sin, a a very egregious sin, because you remember, as as you you know the story, the the angels came and they were were destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot begged his... uh, son-in-laws to come out and they wouldn't come out with him so he left with his two daughters and his wife and they got out of Sodom and the unfortunate thing happened as they got out uh, Jesus even instructs us by reminding us he says remember Lot's wife why is it important to remember Lot's wife because Lot's wife turned and she had some stuff still in her heart as it relates to where God was bringing her out of. See, when God brings you out of stuff, he's not asking you to look back. He wants you to go forward in faith, forward action in trusting him. But his wife looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. And Lot and his two daughters, they find themselves in a cave. And they believe they're the only ones left in the earth. So what happens? Here it is in Genesis 19. I just want to take time to point this out to you because in verse 30 it says, Lot went up to Zor and stayed in the mountains and his two daughters with him. And he was afraid to stay in Zor and he stayed in a cave, he and his two daughters. Then the firstborn said of the younger, our father is old. There is not a man on earth to come in to us after the manner of the earth. Come. Watch this now. Y'all need to stop watching reality shows and get in your Bible. This is in your Bible. Watch what it says here. Come, let us make our father drink wine and let us lie with him that we may preserve our family through our father. See, they thought they were the last ones on earth and they concoct a plan. See, sin has you doing some crazy things. They say, let's get our father drunk. There's some strong wine here, people. All right, let's get him drunk. Watch this now. So they made their father drink wine that night, 
And the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know when she lay down or when she arose. On the following day, the firstborn said to the younger, Behold, I lay last night with my father. This is in your Bible. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. Then you go in and lie with him that we may preserve our family through our father. So they made their father drink, verse 35, wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know when he lay down at some strong wine or when she arose. Now watch this. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore a son and called his name. What's his name? Where did we just see Moab? In Chronicles, right? All right. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. What about as the younger, she also bore a son, and they called his name Benanamai. He is the father of the sons of Ammon to this day. Sin. And, and, and the Moabites... And the, 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 the Ammonites and the uh, mosquito bites and all the other bites, they, they, they became enemies of Israel. It happened out of, out of sin. And they had to contend with them time and time again. And it's still going on to this day. Now, now back to Second Chronicles, I just wanted to point that out. That, that when we talk about, and then we, when we talk about the Edomites, see, they came together, the enemies came together to come against Jehoshaphat. Now, when you talk about the Edomites, it was uh, two brothers, uh, Esau and Jacob. And j- just to make the long story short, when we talk about the Edomites, those are the descendants of Esau, okay? And they, they, they form an alliance, a, confederate, a confederacy, and they say, look, we're going to go up against Jehoshaphat and his armies, okay? So they, they do a, a sneak attack here, and what, what happens is somebody's letting Jehoshaphat know here, and, 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 and what do you do when trouble comes out of nowhere? Notice what Jehoshaphat did, verse 3, in, back in Second Chronicles. Jehoshaphat was afraid, but notice what he did, and turned his attention to seek the Lord. Notice what he did. He turned his attention to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, notice what he's saying now, because the first thing I gave you is he's consulting the Lord with his concerns. Notice what he says. Oh, Lord, the God our father of our fathers, are you not God in the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands so that no one can stand against you. What do you do when you're faced with trouble? What do you do when you're faced with concerns that, come out of nowhere when you're uh, 
caught between a rock and a hard place, and it might not even be a fault of yours. It might be because of the ignorance of someone else who's causing you to be in a position that is very uncomfortable. Uh, many people resort to uh, natural means. They resort to alcohol. They resort to drugs. They resort to gossip or to other people. And, 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 and these means don't really satisfy what really needs to be satisfied. Um, Jehoshaphat is teaching us something here. He's teaching us that anytime we're in a quandary, anytime we're between a rock and a hard place, we can go to the one who has an undefeated record and we can begin to consult him on our behalf. I don't know about you, but I, I want to go to someone who has never lost the battle. Give me, give, me, give me the counsel of the God who has never lost who is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, who desires to see us to be victorious at whatever we put our hands to, I'm going with God. I don't know about you today. I'm going with God. But he's consulting God, and he's crying out to God. And today, many people, um, they're not willing to face their problems by consulting God. Go to everybody else except God. Go to, learn, learn to go to God, as Jehoshaphat is teaching us here, put this in your margin, Psalms 119, 49 and 50. Watch this now, because the, the Bible, if any time you're between a rock and a hard place, it's a good thing to go to the Psalms. All right. The Psalms are encouragement. David gives us a lot of the, the Psalms and it's, it's, it's a mode of encouragement regardless of what you're going through. But watch this here in Psalms 119, 49 through 50. It says, remember the word to your servant in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. Oh, thank God for his word today. When you need reviving today, all I need, God, I just need more of your word. I need to, I need to be reminded of what you said in your word. And here's the beauty of knowing the word of God, because then you can begin to remind God of what he said in his word. God wants you to bring him into remembrance of what he said in his word. But in order to do that, we have to know the word. David said, I've hidden the word of God in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. The word has to be hidden in your heart so that when it's time for the situation to unfold, you got it in your heart. Because sometimes you're not going to have the ability to run to your Bible and find it. That's why we got to study to show ourselves approved. Got to get it in your heart. The heart of the matter what? The heart is the matter. It's got to be in our hearts. What about Psalms 94, 19? God, what do I do, Lord? I've got to learn to call on the Lord in situations and circumstances when I'm going through. Notice this in Psalms. Put this in your margin. 94, verse 19. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me. Somebody right now is anxious about something. And it's multiplying. God, how do I handle that? When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, watch this, your consolations with an S, delight my soul. The psalmist says that God's promises give him hope in the midst of affliction and urges us to remind God of his promises. When you're between a rock and a hard place, people, remember you serve an undefeated God who's ready, stands on ready to intercede and to come in and help you in your situation, but you must consult him, all right? You, you know, the, 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 the people today, and, 
man, this stuff is taken off, even in the midst of the calamity of the world, uh, all these palm readers and all these uh, psychics and, and, and all this, you know, all this uh, uh, necromancing and uh, this stuff is, is taking off. And, and, and unfortunately, it's making the situation worse because now when a person does that, they've now sided against God. And they've said, God, these people or this system knows better than you, and I'm trusting this system, and I'm even willing to invest time and resources into this system because I'm believing it's going to give me quicker results than you. So now we made ourselves, as a result of that, an enemy to God. And God, you've got to be careful because he will let you have it. <laughs> he will let you have it and say, okay, that's what you want? And you will end up in a world that you never thought you should be in. If you're even entertaining or you got anything that resembles that in your house today, get it out because it's not of God. Trust the one who's undefeated. The second thing here, told you I wasn't going to be too long. Not only do we see Jehoshaphat consulting God concerning his problems, but he reminds God of his promises. And I'm expounding on that in verses 7 through 9. He reminds God of his promises. The Bible says that the promises of the Lord are yes and amen. You need to understand and you need to know what God has promised you as a believer of Jesus Christ. And we walk in the promises. We used to sing that song, I'm standing on the promises of God. All right? You, 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 you want to stand on that because God is not a man that he should lie. Notice in verse 7 here, Jehoshaphat, he continues, Did you not, our God? Drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it to your descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. He's bringing them back into remembrance. He says, Lord, man, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm just going to be, I'm afraid. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm getting in position so that I can remind God of what he has done. Watch this now. He says, verse 8, they have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there. For your name, saying, should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house and cry to you in your distress and you will hear and deliver us. He did it before and he could do it again. That's what he was saying. He was standing before the Lord. He says, you know what, God, you did it for our ancestors. You did it for Abraham. You did it for uh, David. You did it for all the ones who have preceded us. And you're the God. If you did it before, then you can do it again. Do I have anybody that has gone through something and you were reminded of what God had done before? And it got you in a position where you could take your stance and say, God, you did it before. And I'm trusting you, God, to do it again. Can I get a witness in this place here today? We have to take a stance on God's promises. His name has to be in the house. Your name doesn't have the power that God's name has. All right? He leads us in the path of righteousness, the psalmist tells us, for his name's sake. It's always God's name on the line. Get your name out of it and let God have a chance at it because God is going to uphold and his name is not going to be embarrassed. Think about it as a heavyweight fight in this corner. I got the undisputed heavyweight creator of the, all the universe who knows every star by name and knows every number of hairs on the people's head. 
He's the one who was the God man who came into the earth, who was crucified on the cross, died. But three days later, rose with all power in his hand in this corner. That's what we're talking about in this corner. The omnipotent, omniscient God, all knowing, all powerful, the one who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. I'm talking about in this corner. In this corner, we're talking about the one who's able to cause all things to work together for good according to our works that work through him. We're talking about in this corner, the one that we can trust with all our heart and we can lean out to our own understanding. We're talking about in this corner. Oh, does anybody know about this corner? We're going with this God because this is the God who will never leave us, the God who will never forsake us, the God who we can dwell in the secret place of the most high. This is the God who's in this corner. I don't know about you, but I'm going with this God. See, Jehoshaphat knew something, and he brought God back into remembrance. He says, our ancestors have never failed. God, as I look back over this thing, and you need to take time yourself and just look back over and say, wait a minute, man. We've been in some quandaries. We've been in some tough situations, but God, oh, but God has brought us through time and time again. So he reminded God perpetually of his promises. The promises of the Lord are yes and amen. Learn the promises of God. The third thing, I love this. He confessed his powerlessness. Oh man. He confessed his powerlessness. Notice notice the scripture now. Notice this in verse 12 and 13. I'm coming down there. Well, notice what he says. Oh our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless. Before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The king, watch this now, the king, he confessed that he was powerless. He, 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 you know, that's humility. Lord, this, this, and, and some of us would do well by doing that. Lord, this is, I don't know what to do here, God. This is too much. I don't know how to handle this child. I don't know how to handle this situation. I don't know how to handle this financial. God, I, it's too much. I am powerless and do not know what to do. He's humbling himself. Man, it, it makes a big difference when you get out of the way so God can get in the way. I know you're, I know you're saved. I know you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord for that. But you better understand where that power comes from. And you have to take a position of humility. God, work in and through me because I'm powerless. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. Lord, I don't know. You need to be honest. Some of you, God, I don't know how to be a wife. I don't know how to be a husband. God, I'm having some trouble leaving, living single, my single life, Lord God. I'm powerless, Lord God. And give God the authority and power to come in and show you how to do it so that you can be used of him as an example for other people. Lord, I don't know how to forgive people. They didn't hurt me so much. I'm powerless as a result. All right, humble yourself and let me show you how to do it so that when I do it, people will know that you were able to forgive. You were able to forgive. You were able to forgive. You were able to let all bitterness, wrath, anger, evil speaking, and clamor be put away from you. You were able to do it because you showed yourself powerless. And you were able to have a tender heart. And you were able to forgive one another, even as, watch this, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. 
So you've been forgiven much of the Lord, but you can't forgive nobody. I pray in this church, man, that if there's any any alt against anybody that you find in your heart to reconcile it so that we can love and move on to the greater things of God. Don't let unforgiveness be a bottleneck to what God wants to do in your life and in this church and in this community. Powerless. But God, notice what he didn't leave him hanging there, though. He says, God, I'm powerless. Notice what happens. He says before this multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. Somebody say, but. Oh, thank God for the buts in the Bible. (laughs) Notice what he says. He says what? But our eyes are where? We have to keep our eyes on God. Uh, we, we have a lot of new people in here, but, but, but two words that are spelled identically, almost identically the same. And you can write it down when you get home. Compliant and complaint. What's the difference? The difference is where the eyes are placed. All right. When your eyes are on the Lord, you're going to be in complaint, uh, in compliant mode, I beg your pardon, all the time. When your eyes on the Lord, you're going to be compliant with his instruction. You're going to be compliant with his direction. And you're always going to be in the path that he wants you to go in. But, man, if I'm in complaint mode, oh, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm, if I'm complaint mode, I'm setting an atmosphere where God cannot work because the absence of faith is present. And in order to please God, we have to operate in faith. And this is Jehoshaphat. He's operating in faith. Somebody say faith. faith. He's operating in faith. Put this in your margin. Y'all, y'all know this. Uh, Psalms 121, 1 and 2. Y'all know this. Uh, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains or to the hills. And the question is asked, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. He didn't stop there. The creator of heavens and earth. I'm talking about one who's undefeated. I'm talking about the one in this corner. He's undefeated, people of God. And, and, and my help, it comes from him. And he, wait a minute, my help, wait a minute, wait a minute. My help comes from the one who made heavens and earth? Wait a minute. What am I, cons- what am, why am I worried? Why am I concerned if my help comes from the one who made heaven and earth? Why am I, why am I all betwixt about this situation? Because I'm getting cons- consultation from the one who made nothing out of nothing. Something out of nothing. Beg your pardon. Amen. He's the God of ex nihilo. He took nothing and made something out of it. Put this in your margin. Psalm 141. Man, go to the book of Psalms. You need some encouragement? Just start reading the Psalms. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, you start out one way, and before you get through reading, you're going to be like, man, I, am, I feel so much better. In Psalm 141, verse 8, watch this now going to get to the last two points here notice what it says here for my eyes the difference remember is where the eyes are placed for my eyes are toward you O god the lord in you i take refuge do not leave me defenseless man enemies are coming out of everywhere lord don't don't leave me defenseless you're undefeated. Somebody say he's undefeated. undefeated. He's undefeated. Watch this now. The fourth thing, I told you there were five. Number one, as a teacher, Jehoshaphat consulted with God concerning his problems. Number two, 
He reminded God. Jehoshaphat reminded God of his promises. We should do the same. Number three, he confessed his powerlessness. Lord, I need help. I am powerless unless you can help us. The next one is the spirit of the Lord revealed the protection plan. The spirit of the Lord revealed the protection plan. Notice how now the spirit of the Lord could come in and and begin to speak because the atmosphere was inviting to him. God was magnified. Anytime you're um, approaching God, you want to approach in adoration. Okay, Lord, I adore you, Lord, and you remind him of who he is. Before we get to supplication, the first thing you got to do is magnify God for who he is. And that was happening. And then you humble yourself. I am powerless. I can't do nothing without you. I'm taking a position of humility. Now the Holy Spirit begins to enter into the atmosphere to give instruction about what's next. Notice what happens here. This is powerful, people. In verse 14, it says, then in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord. Y'all see that? Came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of G.L., the son of Madaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asa. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. And you too, King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude For the battle is not yours, but God's. Somebody say, that battle's not mine. Amen. The battle, he's he's prophetically speaking. He's tapped into heaven. And he's saying, look, don't be, I know you're seeing all of that. I know you're seeing many bills. I know you're seeing many people in opposition to what you're doing. But keep your eyes on me. And I need you to listen to me because This battle that you're about to go through is not yours. Notice he begins to speak in verse 16. Tomorrow, here's the instruction, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Zig. He's telling them, see, this is surveillance before surveillance was even around. See, in the military, you got to have satellites. You got to have stuff on the ground to let you know what the enemy. Nope, God said, I'm going to speak through the spirit. I'm going to tell you exactly how they're going to come up. They're going to come up from the bottom of the red, the Dead Sea. They're going to come up uh, through Zig, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not fight in this battle. Do y'all see that? Is that hard to do sometimes? Wait a minute, Lord. You, you just don't know. I can end this right now, God. He says, look, put away the Vaseline, put away the boxing gloves, put away your attitude to want to knock somebody out because you don't need to fight in this battle. Somebody say, you don't need to fight in this battle. (laughs) Okay? Watch this. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. What a blessing. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. He said again, tomorrow, go down and face them, for the Lord is with you. You better not go if the Lord ain't with you. <laughs> okay? He said, the Lord is with you. Make that personal if you believe it and say, the Lord is with me. 
touch yourself and say, the Lord is with me. Man, you can go and you can, because the undefeated God is with you, there's nothing you cannot face or overcome because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Watch this now. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. A protection plan. Watch this. God gave them a protection plan with a lifetime warranty. You know, sometimes you get these protection plans and they only give you a certain amount of time. The Lord said, no, I got a protection plan that's going to help you overcome what you're about to go through. And guess what? All you got to do is stand. The Bible says, I believe it's over there in Psalm 46 and 10. Be still and know that I am God. The problem is, is we're not still. Now, that word still just doesn't mean just stand still and don't do anything. It means have your hands lifted to heaven and believe that God is able to do what he said he could do in his word. Be still and know that I am God. In other words, don't take another step if I ain't told you to take it. Be still and trust me at my word that you will overcome in the name of Jesus. Man, if I had time, remember Jesus, when we talk about that spirit of the Lord and uh, he was quoting out of the book of Isaiah 61 and, and, and Luke 4:18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners. Oh, I'm talking about the spirit of the Lord today. Oh, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 1, amen, we have a representation of the sevenfold spirit of the Holy Spirit. And we see that he is not only the spirit of the Lord, but he is also the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He is also the spirit of counsel and might. He is also the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. You get the whole package, people. You get everything when you receive Jesus. But it's the spirit of the Lord. That caused them to take their stance. And that's exactly what they did. And you know what? They didn't even have to lift a finger. All they had to do was position themselves and give God praise. See, while God is working out what you can't figure out, what you need to be doing is just giving him praise. Don't sit there and try to dissect. I don't know how this how's that going to work. God said, wait a minute. Now, you're too much in my business. That's my business. I'll handle that. What I want you to do is get your hands up and start giving me praise. And I'll show you. I'll bring you through. Amen. Through the valley, even of the shadow of death. And you'll come out victorious. You'll come out not even smelling like smoke. Amen. See them boys that got thrown in that fiery furnace? Their eyes were on the Lord. They said, man, look, you can do what you need to do. But one thing we know, our God is able. So even if I got to be thrown in the fiery furnace, the one thing I want you to know, King Nebuchadnezzar, we believe that our God is able. And you need to be able to stand and you need to tell people who try to get in your path or try to get in the way of what God is doing. Hey, I serve an undefeated God. And one thing I know is he's able to bring me through even the valley of the shadow of death. Got to take boldness today in the name of God. The last thing he appointed passionate praisers. I love this. Oh, man, what is what is see you can you can worship silently. But you can't pray silently. <laughs> oh, you, you, you got everything that has breath. Let us praise the Lord. I might can worship in silence, but when it comes time to praise, I just 
uh-uh, uh-uh. Well, uh, I, I, we didn't score so many touchdowns and so many victories that all I can do is lift my hands and say, thank you, Jesus, that I got the victory in the name. I can't, I can't pray silently. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just can't pray silently. Amen. I know we're cute. I know we got on our clothes and our Sunday dress, but when it comes time to praising God, I'm not doing it out of show and fashion, but it's an overflow of what's in the heart and all that he's done, and all of a sudden your hands just seem to go up, and before you know it, you're giving him praise, not only for who he is, but for what he's done. I don't know about you, but sometimes you're watching them football games and you get running all up and down, and, and wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a game... As I begin to think about everything that God has done in my life, as you begin to think about it, you press the rewind button and you see what God has done. All of a sudden, your hands just go up. You ain't nobody got to pump you or prime you. You just say, God, I thank you, Lord, that you're an undefeated God and you're able to bring me through right now. Am I talking to anybody today? I'm not talking about I'm faking my praise. No, this is genuine. This is an authentic response to what God has done to me. Touch down, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Glory, God. I'm talking about praising God. Brought me through all types of situations. Toils and snares. We've overcome in the name of Jesus. Oh, thanks be to God who has given us the victory. We already got the victory. You ain't got to wait on it. It's already been given to you. Get your mind off your situation and begin to give it on Jesus. Oh, you got to begin to intercede for people. No, God, I, I believe your word. Devil, I am undefeated. To live is Christ. And guess what? To die is gain. So you can't even win even in that. Oh, I'm undefeated today. Anybody undefeated in this place today? Oh, we serve an undefeated God today. My hands just, I don't, it just, they just go up. And it's a banner of praise. It's Jehovah Nisi. I began to, to wave my hands. We did it in the world. We waved our hands in the air. We weighed them like nobody else cared. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If we can't raise our hands in the house of God, then something's wrong. Amen. Look at me if you must, but you must not understand what God has done in my life. I don't know about your life, but I've overcome in the name of Jesus. Glory, God. Undefeated, 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 undefeated. Glory, God. Y'all, let me finish this. Let me finish this. Grab your seat. I got to finish this. We got to get the seed in the ground. We got to get the seed in the ground. So when you see, when you see me praising, let me just speak for myself. I know there's a song for that. <laughs> I ain't gonna sing it again. But but man, when 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 you see me praising, I'm not showing off. <laughs> Amen. When I see you praising, I know you're not. It's, it's authentic. Man, glory, God, my God. Watch this now. Then uh, notice, notice in verse 19 of Second Chronicles 20. Okay, Lord. All right. The Levites from the son of the Kothahites and the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a, with, with a very, I can worship silently, but I can't. What kind of voice? I'm just reading the scriptures here, y'all. All right. They rose early in the... Wait a minute. They're going... Wait a minute, God. You want us to go to war against these folks and we'll have no weapons. 
And the Lord said, you know what? The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but are mighty unto God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down of imaginations, and every high and lofty thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So you don't need the weapons you think you need if you're fighting in the name of Jesus. Got to get me up. You, you know, you, man, you, I, when we was in the world, we were something else. Yep, this going to hurt them. I'm going to get this. I'm going to put this in my pocket. Yep, this going to hurt them too. We had a concocted plan to hurt somebody physically because of something they did to us with a Jesus t-shirt on. Somebody pray for us. They rose early in the morning and went up to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me. I love Jehoshaphat's attitude in terms of how it changed. He was afraid, but he got a word from the Lord. And now he's he's operating in, in confidence. Amen. Cast not away your confidence because in it lies a great recompense of reward. Amen. Get confident, not in yourself. Get confident, not in your church. You better get confident in Jesus. That's what's going to make the difference. Watch this now. When, when he had consulted with the people. Oh, I need to back up. Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, watch this. It was, on, it, it was no remix on this song. This song simply said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Put Psalm 106 in your margin. I'm not going to go there today, but put that in your margin. That was, that was, that was it. Convenient. That's all they said. They said, give thanks to the Lord. Marcellus, that's what they said. For his loving kindness is everlasting. That's all they needed. They didn't need a, a remix version. They didn't need, I mean, and respectfully, in, in this particular case, they didn't need the uh, tenors. They didn't need the sopranos. They said, no, everybody, we're going to sing this verse and we're going to bring change based on what God has told us going to manifest. Are y'all hearing me today? Now, I'm not against sopranos and tenors and all that. So y'all, but watch this now. Notice what he says. When they began singing and praising, the Lord sets, set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, another word for the Edomites, who had come against Judah. Don't mess with God's people. So they were routed. We've used that term before talking about, hey, man, what was the score? Man, they got routed. I mean, it was 55-0 at halftime. They got routed. <laughs> I'm finishing this. Somebody say they got routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. The Lord says, please get your hands off the battle. It belongs to me. And when I do it, you don't have to worry about addressing it again. 
Man, what a beautiful passage of scripture to remind us of the undefeated nature of our God, who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask or think. He can do it, people of God. I don't know what your situation is today, but get out of the way so that he can have his way. Let's begin to trust him. Let's begin to call out to him. Let genuine praise be your story and what people remember. You got to fake it till you make it. That's one of the worst things that were ever brought into the church. You want me to fake it and I serve Jesus. I don't know how to, I don't know how to fake that. All that he's done for me. Amen. Father, we bless you and we thank you that you are an undefeated God. Thank you for joining us today here on the New Generation Church Podcast. If you have any questions regarding your faith in Jesus Christ, please visit our website at www.newgc.org forward slash following hyphen Jesus. Be sure to watch on YouTube or subscribe to listen on iTunes, podcast or Spotify. For additional information on New Generation Church, please visit our website at www.newgc.org. If you would like to give to this ministry, please text the word GIVE to 251-278-2225. Again, that number is 251-278-2225. Or you can mail your gift to 1350 Cody Road North, Mobile, Alabama 36608. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you real good is our prayer.